<laughs> it's time now for Who's Your Single? Designed to help you find the keys to unlock a successful day at the races. And now, here's your host and the leader of FBG Nation, Dan Cronin, and he's joined by CC Broadus. Welcome. It's another episode of Who's Your Single? Saturday's a big day of racing. Looking at the calendar right now, we got stakes races all over the country. Delta Downs, Gulfstream's got another big card with the Holy Bull and, and several other uh, sporting stakes races. Santa Anita's got a nice card. Oakland's got a wonderful card. Tampa's got a few stakes races. It's, it's going to be a fun weekend just to sit on your couch and veg out. And uh, to help me, parse through these races uh we've got dan cronin of fat ball guy racing how you doing dan i'm doing good i'm doing good and i'm curious to to see if you read the southwest stakes yet to see who you like i'm i'm not gonna lie i haven't even started on saturday yet i just got friday done all right and all right that saturday card is is that's a mess that southwest stakes is it doesn't appear to be a whole lot of standouts on the surface i'm gonna dig into it tonight and see if we can come up with some winners but uh yeah that's a that's going to be a tough car. It's going to be a fun car, though. If you if you can land one of them, just one exotic or something like that, you're going to – it's going to pay for your day, hopefully. So, uh, but, yeah, that, a lot of fun lies ahead. Now, we want to remind everybody, like we always do, we want you to like or subscribe or follow our podcast. We want you to listen to our other podcast, The Auxiliary Gate. And uh, we had uh, Allison DeLuca, who's the uh, uh, racing secretary of Tampa Bay Downs, we had her on this week so that was a fun conversation we invite you to look at that and i also want to invite you to try out fatballguyracing.com fbg mobile and dan's going to tell you a little bit more about that before we get started yeah fbg that's uh nine years just getting ready to start our 10th year and uh, we keep it nice and inexpensive we got small players big players uh we've got over 300 people now and uh you know it's it's a fun camaraderie that uh the whatsapp's Rolling along good. People are, you know, becoming friends and having meetups. April 20th is our next one at Keeneland. Going to be a, a great time. And uh, fatballguyracing.com, it's, it's, it's worth every dollar. Last night was a little frustrating for all of us, or at least the guys that did play the uh, the pick five at Turfway. CC, I don't know if you stayed up that late. We were alive to the 10 and the last for 23,000 and uh, didn't even get a, didn't even get a decent run out of him. That was that's, the Mike Maker horse, right? Yes, that second just faded out of it, and the 12 could obviously have been used, but, you know, we had to single somewhere, and they scratched the other horse earlier that we were thinking about singling, so we we went with that one, and, you know, it was exciting until it wasn't, but uh, that's part of it, though. That's part of joining Fat Ball Guy is you, you, you get alive to these big hits, and uh, we've had so many of them over the last year, I mean, all the way back to the gentleman that won the 1.4 million at Gulfstream, you know, sitting on a treadmill with no racing form. Can you imagine betting a Rainbow Six with no racing form? And all he did was grab our sheet, went up and down the chart, put the ticket together while he was walking on a treadmill and hit for over a million dollars. You can't do that if you don't buy our little sheet. (laughs) And, and, Dan's not blowing smoke. I know the guy that hit it, and that—that's exactly the truth. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was one of those great days. But 
that's now now that the key is we got to find uh find another one to hit so we're, exactly. we're going to try to do that keep finding them singles that's the key cc we got to find you got to find singles because then it gives you the leeway to spread like mad in the other races cuz you know 3 times 3 is 9 1 times 9 is 9 which way can you hit a monster pick 5 that's the key you have to take the nine in the other race, be right in your single race, and hope that race you catch a bomb. It's the only way you can play pick fives. It is. It, if you're playing pick fives three times two times three times two, you, you, you're never going to hit a big one ever. That's exactly right. So let's uh, let's dive into the weekend card. Uh, and we're gonna start. Let's start at Gulfstream. And we'll go to race number four. Now, here we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. I don't have a morning line for Gulfstream, which, uh. It's, yeah, it's still not out. So I don't, I don't know what this horse is going to be, to be honest with you. I think probably three to one, four to one, somewhere in there. I, yeah. So let's talk about this horse, uh, in the, in the fourth. First of all, this is a maiden special weight. Now we're going to the Tapita, mile 16. This is for three year old maidens. And, uh, Dan, who do you like in race number four? Well, I like Bayless out the five for Todd Pletcher, Jose Ortiz, first time Lasix. I love one start horses. If you watch his race on the dirt, it was on a good track. It was kind of drying out that day. He was stuck on the fence. You know, anytime a first time starter gets the one hole, I always try to zero into his next race. And he didn't come out good, you know, like most of them in the one hole. And then Jose took care of him and just gave him a good solid you know, first race, he broke eighth, finished fourth, passed a few horses. His workouts are just okay. I watched a couple of them. They're not, they're not sparkling by any stretch of the imagination, but they send him long on the tapita. And when you look up and down this field, there's nothing in here that I would be like, well, he can't beat that horse. You know, maybe the one for Walsh has a big chance. You know, the Delgado's got, I read, uh, the four there. To, he's another one start horse, but, but his buyer number wasn't much. So, you know, if Bayless out can just not be even money and take to the Tapita, I, I think this horse has a big, big chance to win. And, and I think in that early pick five is not easy. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's the horse that you go for in the, in the, uh, early pick five. $700,000 two year old training purchase set out of, but, or excuse me, by looking at Lucky. Out of a Giants Causeway mare, that's uh, that's a big ticket item. You know this horse looks the part. Yeah, uh, got, got a little late start on his career, but he's uh, making it a second start here. I'm very interested to see what this guy can do. And uh, yeah, like we said, no morning line as of Thursday at one thirty, one forty-five. But I'm guessing probably somewhere between. If the horse is really live, he's probably gonna be nine to five. I'd say morning line, fair morning line, maybe five to two, something like that. But uh, yeah, so yeah, interesting uh maiden special weight on the tapita. And now we're going to go scroll down to race number nine in your program. And this is the Swale Stakes. Hundred twenty five thousand seven furlongs. Dan, you remember Swale? Oh yeah. Yep. I remember 19, him. Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four Kentucky Derby winner for Woody Stevens and Claiborne Farm. I was in I was in eighth grade. <laughs> horse uh won the he won the derby i think he finished off the board in the preakness then then went wire to wire in the belmont and then dropped dead seven days later unbelievable mm -hmm. uh 
would have been a great stallion. I think I think he was the first, uh, not well, not the f- first really good son of Seattle Slough, but uh, he was that was one of the first few crops of Seattle Slough. So yeah, that was uh, I'm sure that was a sad day. But yeah, Swale gets a stakes race named after him in Gulfstream. Uh, like I said, race nine seven furlongs for three year olds. Dan, who's your single? Well, if you remember this horse, Sheree DeVoe and the crew told every human at Keeneland that they thought the world of this horse. And we had a tip on Mystic Dan and another horse in that race, if you remember, um, by the name of Ethan Energy. So Mystic Dan went off 12 to 1. Ethan Energy was 4 to 1. And we, we fired on those horses. And the reason we didn't fire on this horse of Cherie legalized was because the horse had the rail. And he got a brutal trip on the rail like he figured to get and, you know, just ran a flat, ended up fifth, I think. Uh, comes back at Churchill and we all bet on him and he aired him. Linebacker was third in that race. who's a nice horse. And I think linebackers actually in the uh, Southwest Stakes. Yes. Then they put her. Then they put him in the Sugar Bowl. You know, it was a six-horse field. Broke right there. Went twenty-two flat, forty-five and change, and drew off and went as easy as you could win. And was not the favorite. Agu was the favorite in there. American Rascal was another good one in there. So he beat a good field, and you know, run two straight eighty-seven, eighty-six fire numbers. That's really good for a young three-year-old, two for three life. And the only time he got beat or was even close to getting beat, he had to rail. So he's got Saez again. He's got a good outside post in the seven hole. And I think he's the fastest horse in the race early. And I'm not so sure anybody will ever get near him. I mean, when you look at the up and down the chart, the one horse has a little bit of speed, what I read on the rail, but he's a Florida conditioned horse. And then the cistern horse from, from uh, Santa Anita's got a little speed that just broke his maiden. But the rest of the field, I mean, there's nobody that's got sprint speed with this horse. And the way Saez rides out of the gate, I would think Legalize is going to pop the gate. I think he's going to be a length in front and two steps. And I'm not sure they ever get near him. I, this is one of my better bets of the weekend. I think I think the world of this horse because I know Cherie does, and as long as she does, then I'm on it with her. And this horse could be any kind when they're when it's all said and done, because he's he's really talented. I think there's some uh, enough competition here to to keep the price fair on this horse. You got an idea of what uh, what type of uh, price you would accept, or or even what the morning line should be on this horse. I would think based on class and, and figures, um, he'll probably be five to two, maybe morning line. I, I think with the IRAD factor on the one uh, and the 90 numbers staring you in the face on the one, 88s and 90s, horses four for five, that one's got to be a low price. And a lot of times they like to take them California horses. Um, there's a, there's a horse coming out of the Zuma beach. For Barboza, maybe take some money, but, and then of course you got the Steve Asmussen risk it that they, you know, everybody touted, including us first time out, went easy and then got run second in the Iroquois, you know, just come out of the gun runner with track phantom and, and Nash. 
So, I mean, Riskett's been running against the heavy heads. He's probably going to be, if he's not the favorite, he'd be second choice to legalize. So I, I would think five to two would be fair. Maybe two to one. I don't think, I don't think the horse will be under two to one. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I think that's a, be a solid win wager at the very least. And then like you said, yeah, that's a, a good single for your late horizontal tickets. Let's go now to New Orleans. And we're going to go race one. Now, we're going to argue about this one. <laughs> You're going to have to win me over. And we're going to talk about this horse uh, in the first race. It's a claiming race, $15,000 claimer, mile and 16th. And looks like a, a really small field of six. And let's talk about your single in race number one at the fairgrounds. Well, when you look at the field, you already said it. It's a small field. There's only six of them. The one is one for 34, so he's eliminated, right? I mean, that, you eliminate him immediately. The two might have a little bit of chance, uh, but he's one for 17. And then you go down to the bottom, you got uh, the five and the six. The five, I guess, has a little chance, has a little speed, but he's tried 15,000 twice, had to break his maiden for 12. So I come back to the three and the four and just keep staring at both of them. And, yeah, you could go to the four because of Stidham and Ben Curtis, and I think ultimately the four may go favored. But the three just got claimed by Tom Amos, who's 29% off the claim. They go from a, a rider that's extremely patient, to say the least, to Morales, who likes to send. There's no speed in the race. You're going from 30,000 to 15. I think they waited so this horse wouldn't be, in, as they say, in jail to be able to drop him off the claim. And I think 15 is where this horse fits. I think he's going to probably sit second maybe. He's coming off of a nice, fast couple works since Amos got him. January 15th and the end of, end of January, both works were really good. Turf the dirt's fine with me. I don't see any problem with that. He's got a good win, 67 number at Indiana. I mean, if he runs somewhere in the high 60s, low 70s, two to one's fair. Nine to five would be okay. I wouldn't take even money, but uh, he's only got to beat the two or the four, I think. And you know, if the four would beat him, I'm I'm okay with that. But the reason I went with the three over the four is when I go back to the fours chart, he's been running at Emerald Downs, which is a dump to me at least, you know, and then comes to the fairgrounds. <laughs> He comes to the fairgrounds and hasn't run a step. So I'm not so sure those numbers are even true. And, uh, you know, I, I know he beat the three on turf when they hooked by a couple lengths, but you know, they were both just jogging at the end. So I'm not sure that that's a, a real defining anything. And when you go back to back, uh, Bubba can dance beat the four by six lengths when they hooked on dirt. You know, they both ran in the banishing race and uh, were well back. But uh, Bubba Condance did beat Kahala uh, by six lengths. So this is more of a the field stinks type single. <laughs> and uh, the next four races I thought were pretty tough. So that's why I wanted the single in here with Bubba Condance. Who did probably, you like? Well, I picked the wrong term. I shouldn't say I was going to argue with this this horse now before we get into that now i'm going to need you to apologize to our friends up in uh, 
the, <laughs> the great the great Northwest. Uh, now Emerald Downs is really pretty. So now you need to you need to come up with a better word than dump. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my vocabulary is not real big. <laughs> All right, so let, looking at the race, the race is not much. So the only the only problem I have with the three is when it, now th- this is just an assertion, and you know assertions are dangerous. It's like assuming you know what what you do when you assume. I've always found that when Amos claims a horse and drops him, the win percentage goes way down. Now he, like you said, he's he's twenty nine percent off the claim, uh, over a fifty two fifty excuse me fifty two start sample. But I think the win percentage, like like I said, it drops when he drops a horse down off the claim. So right right off the bat, he's giving away. They claim this horse December twenty ninth. We're talking about a month worth of training bills was at $3,000. They're, they're giving the horse away for 15,000. So they're taking a $15,000 loss and a $3,000 training bill. So now you're, you're losing 18,000. If the horse wins, you get 60% of 21,000, which is roughly 13,000 minus jockey and trainer bills. You're looking at a, a roughly a profit of 10,000. You, you, you're looking at a net loss of what eight thousand dollars in a month that's my problem now like you said i don't think this horse could could be in a better spot to win absolute courage is 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 not much in my opinion he's he's slow i don't like the sit him horse in fact uh, our heart bubba can dance beat kahala the four straight up going a mile and 16th on november 30th by six lengths and then the inside two don't do much for me so yeah, I think you probably found the right horse. Now I would not make it a habit of betting Tom Amos dropping off the claim. That's all I'm going to say. Like you said, I think I think the horse could win. I just it, it worries me a little bit. That's all I got to say. I agree. It's not it's not the most positive single out there. That's for sure. But unfortunately, in that five race sequence, I think that's the most likely winner. It's just a tough tough sequence to. I kept going back and forth. I thought, well, I guess I could get aggressive and single my long shot in the fifth, but I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to find a single there. Yep, I understand that. Let's uh, let's talk about that horse in the fifth race, which is allowance optional claimer going about a mile on the grass, and looks like these are Louisiana breads four and up, which have never won a race other than maiden claiming yada yada yada. And let's talk about your single, your potential single, your potential price play in that race number five. Yeah, that's the 10, Tontiera. Uh, there's a couple moves this horse is making that I really like in handicap. And I love the blinkers off when they put them on. And for whatever reason, they, they didn't think the horse liked them and they take them right back off. I, I, I do like that. I love horses that make middle moves. So when you look at his chart, he was sitting fourth and all of a sudden drug this rider, Loveberry, who's not a bad rider. It's not like he had an apprentice that couldn't hold him back, drug him from fourth to a length and a half in front on the turn. So it's like, you know, what in the world are you doing? Maybe it was the blinkers, but he made this gigantic middle move 
And then, of course, he got caught in a stretch in a four-horse blanket photo. He he was still running at the end. It wasn't like he dead stopped. It's just he made his big move way too soon. I mean, way, way too soon. And it was first start since September. So now we're second off the layoff. I think Loveberry is going to take him back this time without the blinkers. He'll be able to sit back towards the back and just make one run and he should be stronger for it. The two previous races, he made a big run and win and then stepped right into winners and got beat by a neck with Calvin Burrell. I think's older than I am. I love him, but I didn't even know he was still riding. And so now, now, you know, Loveberry's obviously better at this point. And all the horses that are the favorites in this race pretty much came out of the same race. You know, I'm not real wild about me a solution trying to go wire to wire the seven. And the other ones are like single shot came out of the same race. So I think you're going to get in that six to one area. I think the horse is completely hidden because the, the trainer is not somebody that you run to. The horse doesn't really show early foot to where people are going to run to the ones on his chart. So I, I think you're going to get somewhere in that six to eight to one area. And he's really, really sneaky to me to come flying down that outside and nail him right on the wire. That I think he's a great price play. A horse like this, he's a, uh, he just turned four. Wait a minute, Dan, I, I'm looking at this, uh, Looking at his, uh, are you looking at the racing form? Yes. What's that date above the sire? There it says, is it ten point April uh, October third, twenty two? What is that? Is that his birthday? It can't be right. I think that's the date they gelded him. There you go. Okay. I've never noticed that before. Never really paid attention. Okay. Yeah, he's born in April, so the horse is still, for all intents and purposes, he's still three. So there's a lot of room for improvement here. He's only raced four times. A lot of room for improvement. This would be the second start off a short break where he raced at uh, Louisiana Downs. I think I like this horse. I like these types of horses. Uh, as my friend uh, Michelle Lovell says, you know, giving a, a horse time is never a bad thing. It's always good for the horse. So looks like that's what they've done with this guy. And, uh, yeah, six to one. I like that. Six to one's a good price for this horse. So. Let's go now. We're done with fairgrounds. We're going to go to Turfway. Turfway Park. The Winter Olympics at Turfway Park. Go to race number four. And six furlongs on the Tapita claiming race. $12,500 is the claiming tag. Tell us about your horse in race number four, which actually it's the, the fourth leg of the early pick four okay no no middle pick four this time looks like nothing that i can see so yeah so it's the fourth leg of the uh the early pick five third leg of the early pick four and then the first leg of the the single six jackpot okay all right take it away dan yep yeah i kept going up and down this again the first five races of turfway man it's hard and i i'm done ever single and bad riders after last night i I threw everything in my living room in the first race last night when when that uh, kid on the sixth, U- Ulola, 
dove to the fence when they were three abreast. All you had to do is ease out, and he wins easy, and he dives to the fence and gets stopped repeatedly and costs me to pick five. So I'm trying to really focus on guys that I think are good riders. They don't have to be great, obviously, because they're a turfway, but good, solid riders. And Cedillo is a good, solid rider. The nine horse here, Twirling Ruth, just win for 8000 went wire to wire. Um, I don't think he really wants to lead. It was one, it was one of them races where nobody wanted to lead. And so he just went ahead and took it. I think the horse is even better when he doesn't have the lead. And I don't think he will be on the lead tonight or, uh, Saturday night. Um, but I love when numbers are going the right way. And ever since Doug Danner got this horse, the numbers have improved each start. And, and I think the level of 12.5 fits this horse. There's really nothing that is coming down in class that I would say, well, he's just too classy for him. He, he's got to beat Bluegrass Anna, uh, who's got to win at, at Turfway. I mean, that, that's the horse to beat, the eight. The seven, the six, the five, I don't think any of them are good enough to beat either one of them horses. So, again, I keep coming back. I think it's a two-horse race. You could take them both if you want it. But at Turfway, you really got a single if you can. And this horse likes to win. He's tactical. You know, the, the race is two and three back. He broke seventh and eighth. He ran fourth. He didn't stop. He didn't give it up. So, if he can just break and be second, third, fourth, be right behind the the eight when they turn for home, I think he's got a big chance to repeat and, and win again at Turfway. So I think you're going to get every bit of five to two. I, I don't see any way this horse drops unless the eight would be scratched. Um, I just think this horse is feeling good right now, and these older mares, when they start feeling good, man, they, they can reel off several in a row and – I think this might be the start of a win streak for Twirling Ruth. Into my untrained eye, I think Abel Cedillo has been really riding well at Turfway. Uh, the numbers say just 12 wins and 80 starts. I think since January 1st, that's 15%. I think he's really, 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 really riding well. I've, I've seen him make some daring moves, and he's he knows he saves ground. He, he he's not afraid to lay behind horses. He's he, he's doing a really really good job at Turfway and that giant jockey's room and he's holding his own. So, you know, any vote for Abel Cedillo is a, I'm all for it. So that's good. Let's go to now we're going to go to race number seven. And is this a stakes? I mean, look at race. It is. It's the Forgo stakes. Oh boy. So there is a horse in here that I like. So we're going to have dueling singles. And, uh, now your, your price is a whole lot better than mine. So why don't you talk about your horse? This is a six and a half furlong stake, 125,000, four and up. Let's, uh, let's talk about this race. This is, this is going to be a fun race. Yeah. I, I, this is a really, really tough race to me, but I've been, I've been waiting and waiting for months for this horse to draw a decent post position. And finally, Maniwa draws the outside post to where he can't, he has no excuses now. There's no excuses. And if you look up and down his chart, he drew the one hole, the one hole, the two hole, the three hole, the three hole. I mean, he, they keep putting him in these stakes races and he just can't ever get a break. 
I mean, he lost the hoist of gold, Tejano twist. Last time he got beat three lengths to the horse that obviously loves Turfway and going to probably be even money at nighttime in here. And he got dead left in the gate, just dead left. Now he gets a new trainer. I'm hoping they don't scratch him because he's also entered at Aqueduct, so they might scratch him. But the last work on the Tapita, he was really, really rolling. And I think this horse may actually just like the Tapita and just needed a better trip. Last time he just, I mean, you're not going to win at Turfway when you get dead left in the gate in a stake race. That's just not going to happen. Where if he can just break fifth or sixth, four or five lengths out of it, and let them all kill each other, I think he's got a big chance, and he's going to be every bit of 10 to 1. If there's no scratches in this field, he might be 15 or 20 to 1. And that extra half furlong is only going to help. I mean, nighttime's obvious. Storm Daddy's probably going to try to make the lead from the rail. Um, I mean, there's not a ton of speed in here to where Manny Wash should be that far back. They may be really bunched when they turn for home. And if they are, I like the kick home for Maniwa, but who did you like in here? I, I think it's a really tough race. And I just, I just saw 10 or 15 to one on a horse that I had marked as a watch horse. So that's why I went with him. So the, the info I have is from the, it's not info, it was made public, I guess. It was from the jocks agent for Gadiel Martinez, who rode the seven Surly Furious, uh, before that last start going to mile and 16. I, I heard the, the, the agent, it's, uh, Dougie Salvatore say out of his own mouth, he thought Surly, nobody would beat Surly Furious in this particular race, this six and a half furlong race. Nobody can beat this horse at six and a half furlongs. And he's, he, he didn't like him at a mile and 16. And he really, he tried, he tried to push connections to skip that last start, but they went on and ran. He, he, he ran well to finish second. Prior to that, he was third to out of door in nighttime. In that uh, lounge race, uh, going six, that was on December fifteenth. Now here we are. This is the uh, this is the race uh, that uh, Salvatore thought this horse would win, and he's four to one. And we've got it. It's it's ironic or ironic's not the right word, but uh, interesting that uh, they the connections kicked off Gadio Martinez and replaced him with Luan Machado. So. Regardless, this this will be my single, just because of uh, what he said. And I, this horse is really doing well. And by the way, the trainer Glenn Wismer won a Kentucky Oaks back in the early nineties with uh, I believe Love Me Love Me Not, and uh, at, at a big price. But uh, this horse is uh, six for twenty five lifetime. Likes Turfway Park. I think. Uh, yeah, if I, I went can... if I went two or three deep, he would have to be on the ticket. I mean, Nighttime and Surly Furious would I. To me, are the obvious two horses. Yeah, nighttime. Nighttime's probably going to be your favorite horse. Has never yeah. been off board turfway, and it's Bill Morey. Yeah, you know the horse is going to be live. So, if if I could get down to a single, I would single Surly Furious, and then maybe play an exacta, maybe just going a straight three seven, or maybe a box three seven, and like and your, your horse Manuel will be coming late. Hopefully, it double digits. Maybe yeah, you could uh, you could fit him in there as well so yeah that that's where i'm at so i've been waiting for this horse since uh beginning of the year certainly does, does it make you nervous at all that he loses lasix no not really uh, wismer's been around long enough he he knows what to do but I, I i get it i mean what 
you know, that we could we could do a whole separate podcast on Lasix. Yeah, I know. I get so yeah. mad about that. I think it's the biggest joke of all time to to appease the 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 extremists by taking Lasix away. Like that's like it's actually going to help. You know, let's give it to everybody except the good horses. Oh, and let's not give it to the babies until December 31st. <laughs> this yeah. is crazy. I, I I can't let it affect my handicapping because it's just, I you know, I don't I don't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do about it. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, the same way with nighttime. Nighttime's run four straight starts with Lasix. Then he comes off of it and wins. Right, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the... These experienced horsemen, they they should be able to know what to do to keep a horse from bleeding. I mean, I've just heard there's remedies and stuff like that, taking the water away. I think at certain times or whatever. I, I don't know stuff. Yeah, stuff like that can probably help. I talked so, talk to Tom Amos about it extensively, and his his words were, "They act like we don't have something else to replace it. It's not like we're still not giving them a similar thing." So yeah. I was like, so "What's the why? Why take it away?" He said, "You'd have to talk to the suits about that." But it was all all to appease the extremists to get them to back off. They had to appease them, yeah. give them a little something, and tell them to shut up and go away. But, <laughs> but you know had, the uh, it had nothing to do with helping the horse at all. The breeders are, are exactly opposite stance of us. The breeders are they are one hundred percent against it. A lot of the breeders are. And, uh, you know, they've got, you know, they'll say that, you know, every other jurisdiction in the world doesn't use it. So why should we? So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I the reason the that, United States has the best medicine in the world. Yeah. I, I, I would be more in favor of uniformity and I want, uh, I want the best for, our, for our athletes. You know, I, I want them to perform their best and come home safe. That's what I want. Yep. But, uh, you know, yep. anyway. All right, so yeah, we all right. We got off on a tangent there, but that's all right. It's at the end of the show. Uh, let's uh, let's recap. Let's recap your selections, Gulfstream, and we don't have morning lines for Gulfstream yet. But fourth race, bail us out, probably somewhere between nine to five, five to two. Uh, ninth race, legalize, hoping for three to one, uh, maybe five to two, something like that for uh, legalize and the swell stakes. Fairgrounds, race one, Bubba Can Dance, nine to five. Fifth race, Tanteria, six to one. And then a Turfway, fourth race, Twirling Roof at five to two. Seventh race, Manny Wah at ten to one. And then for me, in that same race, Surly Furious is four to one. All right. So once again, we want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, follow, leave a nice comment. Even if you don't uh, like the podcast, say something nice. Just do it for us as a favor. We'll, we'll repay at some some point in the future. But uh, uh, always a reminder, always re- wager responsibly. Uh, never, uh, I can't remember who used to say it, but uh, just bet with your head, not over it. That's uh, uh, a good good thing to remember. And, uh, Dan, uh, uh, before we uh, head out, just say something about FatBallGuyRacing.com. Yeah, come on up, join. Uh, if you go to the website and you think it's too much, you're a small player, you got my email, dan at fatballguyracing.com. We have never priced anybody out. I will work with you. We'll figure it out. Uh, we just want to take a little bit and help you. And then, uh, you know, hopefully you, you hit a bet or two that you'd have never bet, got a little information that you'd have never got, and you think it's worth it. And that's why we have so many members that have stuck with us for going on the 10th year here this month. So we're proud of being around that long. Most of these services drop out in 
three to six months, and we're still here. So give us a shot. All right. So on behalf of Dan Cronin, I'm CeCe Broadus, and we're reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home. Have a good day, everybody.